head into the Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. Hosted by a rotating lineup of superfans at the Ringer, including Mallory Rubin and Van Lathan, shows will provide instant reactions to blockbuster releases, insightful backstories on canon, and mind-bending theories, as well as fresh takes on the latest news and rumors. Check out the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions all apply. See website for details. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Home. I'm Justin Chair. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Home. Here to finally record our deepest, darkest thoughts about Netflix's live-action adaptation of the acclaimed anime series, Cowboy Bebop. Can we you let see, people know up that? top? That was, a bit, that, was, that was a limp version of, of, of Tank, because that's how I feel about this live-action adaptation. Yo, I think we, we're going to disagree about this. This is good. And by the way, I want to remind listeners, like, one of the things I like about me and Mike's dynamic and really anybody like like Cam and I have this too, where it's like Cam, like we disagree about shit. This is a podcast where yeah. we disagree yeah. about shit. I, I disagree with Micah about this show. I also want listeners but to a, know. But a very but on a very fundamental level, we both appreciate that even bad things take a lot of effort and care to make. Yeah. Yeah. That's that critic shit. Thank you for adding that. That's that critical insight. It's the difference between a critic yeah. and a hater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, continue. Uh, we gonna talk about Dolph too. Uh, young Dolph, rest in peace. Uh, on the back end of this, just the news out of Memphis. Um, but you know, we promised to talk about Bebop. We're here to talk about Bebop. Bebop is our bread and butter. You know, OG listeners sound only know that we started on the Ringer Podcast Network as a podcast series recapping Neon Genesis Evangelion. We originally thought to pitch a sort of Second season, covering Cowboy Bebop in a similar fashion. We instead are doing the show that we are doing today that you all know and love. But of <laughs> course, we're going to talk about Bebop. Live action Bebop. Let's start with summary judgments. Micah, you have the negative take. Just give me your sort of loose thoughts before okay. we get into it. <clears throat> all right. Um, there, I think that this show this adaptation on the whole suffers from ballooning from its original 25 or so minute like deft 
quick in and out. You know, they had a thing that they wanted to do. They came, they did it, and they left type of runtime to the, you know, the the the, the quintessential 57-minute Netflix runtime where it's just like, we got to meet everybody and they got to have affectations and we need to, they have to have, that, the, they, each character has their one minor distracting detail and everything is loud and nothing is important. Um, it's just busy overall. And I mean, like, it's, it's, it's like, if you, if you appraise it on the terms of like maybe the show trying to do like the Luke Basson thing from like the, 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 the mid nineties. Like yeah. I, I, in my review, or, yeah, I compared it. I specifically compared yeah, yeah, this yeah. to that, the, the fifth element. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's that sh- is also like very loud and busy and it makes sense, you know, like that this is that would be one direction you could go with trying to port the visual grammar of Cowboy Bebop into like the physical world. Um, And I mean, like another thing I thought about was like Nash Bridges or like late 80s, <laughs> like early 90s, like police procedurals. Yep. Where there's, it's like those, that's also like, you know, something that, um, you know, yeah, sure. Like I could see that the show is trying to do those things, but on the whole, for me, it suffers because of like the core performances, which I know that you enjoy like more than I do. Yeah, for sure. You said you brought Nas Bridges into this boy. I know what, t- I know what your TV was like growing up now. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, you feel me? Like, I mean, there's also like, there's like some, there's some angel in there and some like, you know, Firefly, like all the stuff that is sort of a bit of this particular pocket of culture, like eating its own tail. Because I mean, it was Cowboy Bebop to Firefly to, you know, or whatever you want to call it, all the way back here. And yeah. like we have, and it doesn't feel like a full circle. It doesn't feel like a celebratory full circle moment, like where it's just like we're doing all of these, we're celebrating this pocket of culture. It just feels in the first couple of episodes very cash grabby and slow to get off the ground. It is and, slow to get off the ground. This, specifically, the casino sequence. Oh man, I found. Oh that my tough. goodness, I I did not like it. I did not <sighs> like the casino sequence. Um, yeah, and, and I mean like the like also just, and I know you feel me on this. Like it's <laughs> okay. So one of one of uh, the, the the benefits of being a writers guild member is that you get like during award season you get the you get the award DVDs right so I was watching Spencer with uh, with this close friend of mine recently and like there's I mean like there's a lot of buzz around this movie for Kristen Stewart's performance as Princess Diana and the and the soundtrack and like the framing and like it's beautiful like there's but there's like this wide shot of Kristen Stewart and I mean like it's noticeable Kristen Stewart and not Princess Diana like heel it like sticking her heels across this like you know uh this 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 row of 
I don't know, whatever the hell it is they grow in the English countryside towards like a, towards a scarecrow to grab a jacket mm-hmm. off of it. But it's just kind of like, at that exact moment, I turned the person I was watching the movie with and I was just like, she's too short. She's too short to be playing this role. <laughs> like, and I don't mean that, and I don't mean it like pejoratively, I mean it as a fact. Like, I mean, because of like, there is, and ju- Yes, because of stature and the way that their the way that her body moves is not the same. Like it's like it's noticeable that it's Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Like so, in the beginning, despite John Cho being hot and John Cho, <laughs> like he's not like he's not hot enough to be Spike in my opinion, and he's not. He doesn't. He's not athletic enough to be Spike. Yeah. Okay. So I actually, and here I'll come in with my overview because I specifically disagree with that point in the the point you phrased. I like this show. I take all of your points about how it doesn't. You're right. I, I think it doesn't. It's not self aware enough about how much it feels like a, the Fifth Element or a Luke Besson thing or even Nash Bridges, right? Instead, it feels kind of like <laughs> a happy accident that this. And I, I teased this take in the previous episode of Sound Lonely, it's a happy accident that this show feels like it has more in common with Star Trek TNG at times than it has in common with Cowboy Bebop. And I just happen to like that. I think that's a weird direction. I think especially in the sort of Netflix era, the streaming era, you don't get television like that anymore. Like everybody after The Sopranos decided that all TV that isn't Big Bang Theory is instead going to try to look like The Sopranos. Even now, modern Star Trek has to look like a J.J. Abrams movie. And I like that Cowboy Bebop came and said, what if all the props looked like they were very clearly made of plastic? What if all the choreography was really goofy? <laughs> right? And, and like, what if... <laughs> I mean, like, it's... It's, but it's just like, it's, it's like, it's, it's, I feel you, I feel you, but the show doesn't, it's, it's, the show is too, A, too long to, to, to carry that, to carry that premise. And two, it doesn't feel, B, it doesn't, A, (laughs) A, and B, it doesn't feel like it's aware enough that it's even doing that. Okay, that's fair. But then to get back to your point about John Cho. Because uh, I feel like that's where a lot of the expectations surrounding this came from, right? It's like the casting of John Cho, ever since that, people are like, okay, what are they going to do with this? I disagree. Like, I remember I was watching the screeners and my girlfriend walked in the room and it was like Spike was on screen and my girlfriend was like, he's skinny. <laughs> you know, it's like, I your points of... Oh, no, I mean, like, I'm not saying that he didn't get into... I'm not saying that he didn't... No. That he isn't in great shape for this role. I'm saying that like his limbs are not long enough. His body does not move in the right that, way. The fighting is too stilted. I, That's what I, I mean. Agree with and for- that. But to me, watching the show, my thought was more so it, w- it was less about John Cho. And I feel like in general, the problem with this adaptation, which again, I like on balance, I am recommending this to people. And I'm saying, especially push past the first couple episodes, because I think that the first couple episodes are the worst stuff. And I think it gets more interesting and it gets better. But specifically, I think the show overall is betrayed by two qualities. One, the fight choreography. I think regardless of the shape or the sort of stature of John Cho, to me, it's more about how 
the choreography is done and shot and it's just like it it doesn't yeah it just doesn't they didn't work. frame it right yeah it just it's they too didn't frame slow, it right and it's like again you get the idea it's too noticeable yeah like it's too noticeable you, you, you can see too many of the seams and like you know what i what what would have worked like wonders what would have made this movie i mean sorry the show um hundreds of times better what is you remember the 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 scene in um an old boy um after he's I seen old boy i haven't seen from... any of the old boy i'm a watcher i know i know you and jay kang all right i'm a watch old boy but i haven't i'm sorry I like to apologize to Chaos and Collins, to Michael Peters, to everybody. It's Korea <laughs> as a country. <laughs> no, but describe it. Describe what you're saying, though. I mean, it's not even like I like. Damn, it's not even going. Anyway, I'm not gonna. Oh, so watch it! This old boy too. is. Okay. Anyway, anyway, no, like anyway, like I'm. I'm not gonna go back to the beginning of time. You it in the course of the movie, he is you know, as he's taking revenge of one or whatever, and he ends up at the house, you know, kept captive in a hotel room for 20 years with nothing but the TV to keep him company and whatnot. He comes out having watched, you know, shit tons of Jeet Kune Do infomercials <laughs> and practicing on practicing punching his, his wall. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, I wonder if I know how to do this for real now and he gets a, he gets a, like accosted by a gang of street youths um as you know like as he steps out of this hotel like you know so and the way that that scene is shot like the 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 actor I, and I can't remember what his name is but I mean was older kind of like you know, not really, I mean, a good physical actor, but not like athletic by any means. Okay, not, not like somebody prime. you would yeah. look at it and think like, yeah, not like somebody would think like he could take five healthy, spry 22 year olds, you know? But the way that the camera, like the camera is like from the perspective of the, like the kid that goes in first. And like the punches feel very like the, you can like, it's almost like when you're watching, you can feel the air of like, you know, whizzing past your face. Like it's like they feel very jarring. Yeah. Like it feels heavy. It feels like, and it's like you could have done things like that, like with that would have worked within, you know, John Cho's physical capabilities, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Instead of shooting it the way that they shot it, which is which makes all of it very apparent. You know? Yeah, it's like too many things are shot from far away so that you can kind of see when people pause and what you know what I mean. It, it, it I, yeah, I, but okay, so that's the I thought the first thing I brought up is the choreography. I think the second thing the show is betrayed by is vicious, uh, villain and tag. Oh, god, so can I just describe? I mean, it maybe people have watched it or maybe people haven't watched it, but. You know, if you've watched the original series, Vicious is kind of, he's like the series antagonist. You know, he and Spike Spiegel, like they were friends when they were brothers once and now they're, you know, on separate paths and they're destined for a confrontation with one another, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, like, there's, it's such a, Cowboy Bebop is such a short story anthology format. And there are only really four episodes in the original series that kind of do the work 
of of setting up the idea of Spike and Vicious confronting each other. And and Vicious is this terse, you know, he doesn't say a lot. He's this terse, shadowy presence a lot of the like, whole series in the in the anime. Even as they build yeah, even as they build that story in the anime for those four to six episodes, the story is mostly suggestive. Like yeah, inference. You, yeah. You're allowed to like you're you're allowed to draw your own conclusions about what the nature of working for the syndicate was, like yeah. what the love triangle was exactly, what Julia's been doing in the in the in between time, meantime, yeah. exactly. All of that is left like up to like conjecture, hearsay, like a flashback here and there, you know, yeah. a conversation between Jet and Spike where they're just using pronouns and it ends like with one of them storming off and you don't yeah. really get all the information. Yeah. Like, so it's a choice, a choice, choice in this series. to like, He's to, 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 He's in this, this series to he, make it, yeah, yeah. He talks a lot. Like in the first episode where you see Vicious, he talks too much, scene, man. He says yeah. more in that scene than he ever said in the original series combined. And it's, it's, He's very hammy. He's it's just a very British hammy performance, and it's even the lighting. It's like every scene he's in, they throw so much light on him. And Vicious in the original series existed entirely in shadow, and now he's just sort of lit in this very like you are watching a live action anime adaptation. He is wearing an anime ass wig, and it is. It is that is jarring. Vicious, I will concede, is like it's just the like, characterization is jarring in this. It's everybody in this show just looks like they're cosplaying as their character. It's the exact thing that we're talking about. It looks like, you know, people dressing up to go to a, a convention rather than Actually, like any of these characters being like as believable as like the characters. Well, okay, but I actually, did, I think that that's certainly true of Vicious, I think, and it's certainly true of Ed, uh, but I think every of everyone else, I actually, the more I watched, I did feel like I settled into the look, and I did feel like after a point, Faye and Jet, except for I mean, for like, but what beard, you're describing. <laughs> except for Jet's beard. Yeah, but, I but think what you're... The rest of them kind of made it work in a way that Vicious doesn't. Vicious just looks like he is at Comic-Con the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think he's well. Yeah. I mean, like it's also like I mean, like I think that you're describing a bit of Stockholm syndrome because again, we are talking about ten hours of television versus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what I'm one, saying like it's no, but one man's Stockholm syndrome is another man's suspension of disbelief, and I, I definitely feel like yeah, they they are. If you sort of look at those costumes out of context, they look like costumes. But I do think that the show. I at least think the other characters look like after a point they blend into the larger visual sort of styling of the show. And that's why I, I would distinguish them from Vicious because Vicious, no matter what they, they do or where they put him, he just and it's like his acting calls so much attention to it, too. And it's yeah. it's just a distinct failure of the show. And I that right there, even though I liked it a lot, it's it's so jarring that. That that alone, I would understand if people were like, "Nah, they fucked this up," just based on how they handle vision. Like it's 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 like it's you are 
man, I mean, like all like it's just all that money they spent on that jacket and the, and the light egg and all the throats he slit and it still ain't Ralph. <laughs> like it's like the in the original, like the in like in the original, he is like yeah, he's just he's just implied malice. Like he appears out of the corner of your eye with the vulture thing on his shoulder, you know, with the katana out and goes, it's you know, your your time is over. And then like, you know, that's it. Like it's not really Ain't no conversations. Ain't no conversations. There's no conversations. Yeah. There's no conversations. So it's like the way that the character is played in this show makes any like imminent com- confrontation between him and Spike feels stupid. Like, you know, it, you're, it feels like you're watching like it's a Bond villain, like yeah. going, watching his, his, his plan go to pot and, you know, he's going to be running out of a collapsing building and he's going to turn around and be like, you know, I could live in a world where you have everything and I have nothing or some shit like that. And then they have their sword fight and, it's not even like that long because, you know, he's always he's always been whack. He's never had the hands because you do that the entire show. <laughs> he's ducking the Because of the way that he's been yeah, ducking the fade because the he's been show. getting punked. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's ducked the fade the whole he show the and he keeps getting punked by everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like this. That's not that's not how that's not how. Vicious is supposed to work. Yeah, no, I feel you. That's wrong. I feel you. Listen, ain't no conversation. And on that note, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, Get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Micah, I think another thing we disagree about probably uh, on live action bebop. I honestly thought um, Pineda, Cho, Shakir, I, I thought they got the, I thought they got the chemistry 
of the characters, right? I, I think I think they mostly got it. Like, I think I was certainly worried about Faye in particular because of the trailers and like Spike's weird weird bit about like wanting to kill I, her. I'm sorry. Her her performance is just way too blinky. Like there's there's just there's no sultriness or savoir faire to it at all. Like I mean, there's it's it's like there's the like the like the smooth operator aspect of of the fake yeah. character mm-hmm. is like completely missing from from this from this characterization. Yeah, they made um, her more of a like. They made her more of like a BuzzFeed article about scamming culture or something. <laughs> yeah. Kind of what she is. <laughs> but like, but they didn't fully commit to doing that either. Yeah. Like, it's like there is, it's, uh, because I mean, like, that's what happens when you're too behold. Like, it's like they're very beholden to the source material, but doing that somehow for that character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like, <laughs> All right, let me let me let me let me pause this up and tell you. What if instead Spike was black and Jet was the like you know old divorced dad that he's supposed to be the, the old divorced white dad that he's supposed to? Because I mean, like that's what I always thought about. Like he's like Jet in the original series is like you know, your friend's dad that's an occupational therapist and has, like, a bunch of weird, like, so knickknacks from his travels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> has, like, All a right. bunch of Didn't knickknacks you... from his travels in his house. Yeah, you know what I mean? I kind of get what you're going for. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're going for. Like... I, you know, I like the Michael Caine. Like it's like it's yeah! it's like the, okay, whatever the Michael Caine character from Children of Men was like okay. in the earlier Michael in his Kane. life. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Caine. Like it's I. <laughs> Why is Michael Caine not Jet Black? Why is 1970s Michael Caine? Oh not my God! Jet you Black? know what I mean, though. Yeah, I get what you feel me. I like it's it's like he's because I'm I like I'm specifically thinking of like. uh not this, not the episode where he has the run interference on Fatty because they're chasing after some mark in a bar. Yeah, but he's in a dis- I, he's he's in a disguise at a party. I remember, and he's wearing the sunglasses and that mm-hmm. and and the and the wig, and he's just like love and peace, man. <laughs> and like the way that he talks, like about. Oh, the way that he likes to explain jazz to everyone. Mm-hmm. White dad. Yeah, white like, dad. Like, that is, right. it's... That's, you're right. Okay, yeah. you're right. Well, okay, but so when I give credit and, for the... Well, no, go ahead, because I want you to finish this, because you you got some... You got some... Right, you know, a little TV show over here, and I kind of like it. I kind of want to agree with it. I, like, I, I mean, like, no, I'm, I'm saying, like, and then, okay, and Spike, Spike should... <laughs> Like Spike should have been like some. It should have been like a stringy, vibey, like you know, bohemianish black guy. Like not like a like you know he's supposed to be. It's it's the same thing as like if you have you ever looked at have you ever when you looked at Spike or you thought about Spike did you think about Spike as as being. Like what race was Spike to you? Spike was always black to me, sort of in the same way I that Piccolo was. I always thought Spike was. was Japanese. I always thought Jet was black, mm. and that Spike was Japanese. 
And I think I probably thought of okay. Faye as white. Maybe I'm just on an island here. Okay. You might be on but, an all island. Right. <laughs> but it's also, so if I can distill kind of what you're saying, like, and I do give credit to the actors, I think, at least for the chemistry. Like, I, I at least think that their bickering energy felt good. I think, though, that yeah, the, what you're... like the dynamic in between the three of them was like that they developed over the course of like once like they got into the rhythm of playing off of each other. Like it made sense. Them as the, the unit, the bebop unit made sense. Right. But to your point about the divorce dad energy and kind of my point about Faye as a BuzzFeed scammer energy, I think from the outside of that trio, kind of the problem the show does have because it takes a different stylist approach, is that the show is kind of afraid to make Spike, Jet, and Faye look like the pieces of shit that they are in the original series. Like, they're pieces of shit in the original series. You know what I mean? They're kind of... They're down on their luck, and they're, they're, they're really slumming it. And in this show, because there's, there feels a more palpable urge for them to be likable... I think that's why they can't do the stuff you're describing with Jet or why they can't do the stuff that I think we both think that we would have liked to see with Faye is because then you verge on anti-hero discourse, right? And it's like, and because you've taken the more stagey, bright, poppy approach, that sort of TV, that 90s TV approach, it sort of doesn't necessarily mesh well with that to do that kind of like anti-hero stuff. So they, I think they maybe soften all three yeah. characters up a bit. And they also soften Vicious. Like they, they soften a lot of characters up a bit to make it make sense with the, the rest of the style of the show, I think is what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, we, we're, we're, I, I thought we were talking wish fulfillment, not like, you know, yeah, like the I internal mean, logic of what we actually saw in film. Like, I mean, it, yes, I'm, I'm saying that to your point, like the longer you go on, like by the time you get to the Piaho the Fu episode, like mm-hmm. it's sort of, it's sort of is making like it's 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 kind of like the show has its 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 sea legs, so to speak. Um, yeah, 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 and yeah. is yeah, like you know, and it doesn't feel like. I didn't completely roll my eyes at the way that they did the the, the Pierre LeFou thing, you know, right? and how they and tied yes. it back to the syndicate and the dogs and the whatever. No, okay. I was just kind of like, about all right. This even. Okay, I liked the dog part. I did like that. So in the original series, it's the cat is the trigger for Pierre LeFou. And in this, they make it yeah. dogs. And I liked that tie back to the syndicate. What I did not like, and I think it's, again, it's like the intimate problem the is blo- how they like drag they The bloody eye shit? No, the fish. No, it's that they the Pearl of Foe episode is like we go in, we watch the trailer and we think, how are they going to do this? That episode in the anime is such a feat of animation. We're all worried about the approach they're going to take to make that live action. And to me, the real problem with that episode is that they find yet another way to force Vicious into that storyline. And Vicious in this show is not good. And so it's just like, I think that's the problem. It's one thing to sort of that that Vicious Vicious's characterization in the show is so jarring and feels like the most off thing about it, which would be fine, except there's so much of him. <laughs> and they even in the parole of Far episode, is... which has nothing to do with Vicious in the original series. Like it's he's not even it's not even like a sort of 
like Johnny Tapia type bad performance, like in Bad Boys 2, where you could like, you know, really make yeah, fun yeah, of yeah. it later. Like there's like he doesn't have like a this is a stupid problem to have, <laughs> but is a problem nonetheless. Like it's like there's no like vicious gets no bars off. He really like doesn't. there's no For all the like, lines he has, he gets no bars. No, like there's there's no cool he has no cool moments like all of the even his entrance like is ruined immediately by him talking yeah. like there's just yeah they, they, it's just they, they they fumbled that one yeah uh but part of why i like the rest of the elements of the pearl of foes because again i thought i thought that the show by that point like you said it hit its stride and that I felt like even though the visual style looks so different, right? And it looks so much like 90s TV, that was some that was them adapting something from an anime, knowing that they can't really match like you can make a character do anything with really luxurious, expensive Japanese action animation from the late 1990s. And instead they said, "No, we're going to we're going to have our own like we're going to go sort of nuts with this in our own way." And it's going to look a lot more stagey and it's going to look a lot more pre-prestige television-y. And I don't know. I found a lot to respect in that. Like, I think there are moments where it feels like the show at least is, it, know, it knows that it's not actually competing with Cowboy Bebop, the animation. It knows it's not. And again, it's like Cowboy Bebop is not just like, we're not talking about Naruto, right? Like when we're talking about doing a live action adaptation, even Death Note. Netflix did Death Note, right? Death Note is great. Death Note is like one of the most addictive series I've ever watched, right? But I don't think anybody looks at Death Note and says, yeah, man, the animation of Death Note is like really top notch, right? It's more about the story and the characters and the plot. Whereas like in terms of the visual style of live action Bebop, those people know that they can't compete with the most acclaimed series from Shinichiro Watanabe, who like is one of the most sort of exactingly good animators of his generation in terms of TV anime. Like, I think the show in its best moments sort of resigned itself to just being something very different visually from that and committing to it and having fun with it. Uh, that's that's why I like it, despite how negative I think the, the this combo seems, I think, from both of us. It's like, the, it, it's fun. In its best moments, it's not... It's not Cowboy Bebop, and it's not as good as the original Cowboy Bebop, but it is something fun in a way that I find rare in other televisions, certainly on Netflix or just in the post-prestige TV landscape, where everything else on TV right now feels like it has to be so much more expensive looking and so much higher stakes and so much more polished to a fault, if that makes sense. And this is just some goofy shit sometimes. The best parts of live-action Bebop are just goofy... Goofy shit. Except for Vicious, because he's too goofy. <laughs> um, would you be as, like, positive about this show? Like, if it wasn't... Like, would you... First of all, would you have watched it if you didn't know that it was, like, you know, an adaptation from a show that we both love? Like, you know, like if it was like something that you were scrolling over and it was, would it be good enough for you to be this positive about it? 
like the show itself. Yeah, I like, think so. On, but on I, the merit of like what it is. Yeah, but that's I say that as someone though who like likes watching even random sort of Japanese live action adaptation of anime series that I haven't watched. Right. Like, and it, it, I think we teased this a bit mm-hmm. talking about it, like maybe previous episode or before that, that like, you know, Japanese live action adaptation of anime is very different from Western live action adaptation. And this kind of does feel more like the Japanese style where everything looks too costumey. And it's like, it, that only really works if that's your vibe, right? If you're willing to watch something where you're like, hell no, these costumes don't look nearly as good as anything in the original thing. But like, it's still a distinct vibe of thing. And I don't know, like, even if you, like, I think the way you you talked about it on earlier episodes is like, they should just call the show Bebop and just pretend like it has nothing to do with Cowboy Bebop. I would have watched that yeah. because it's like, okay, Space Western, Okay, that that enough is still that's still enough to get me in is space western, mm. you know, kung fu thing. And yeah, I probably would have watched it and been yeah. like, why is Wish- Vicious's wig look so bad? This choreography yeah, looks I a mean, like weird. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's seven out of ten. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun because like it, it's it, at the very least it it's weird and expensive. Um, so uh, like that's like that's my high praise for for, for the for the Netflix live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Weird and expensive looking. Can we talk about Ed real quick though? Because Ed, they really hold the reveal of Ed until the very end of the, oh this first batch at least. And I can't believe they did that. I don't, I do not like how they styled Ed at all. I don't know why that's the direction they went. It is so awful. It's it bad. is so awful. I don't get it. I it don't. is a crime. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Can now you describe you, it? Like, a bit? It's like it's like now you understand. Like the this is like it's seriously that was I see I, like I saw the Ed like the Ed thing. Ed showed up and I like went full. Like it was. Like I went full fam. I was just like, do I need to get on a forum about this? This is like, I mean, this is I gotta <laughs> un- like unbelievable. Yeah, I yeah. like it's I'm writing like, a letter. I'm writing a show. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's and they, I mean, have this little gremlin child just like just saying like just it's too oh, literal. It's I don't too even know. The, of like impression. it's too literal. Yeah. It's too it's literal. Not... It's way too faithful to the original. Like in a way that is like the very the most abrasive parts of 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 like a best song film from the nineties, where you're just kind of like, I this is so indulgent. I can't believe you put this shit in here. This is my least favorite part of it. I would like it to be over now. That is the the ed part of the show it's It's just kind of like ah they they didn't take into account that like look man you know acting in general is obviously different from how people talk in real life but you gotta account for the fact that the way voice actors act in anime or just like animation in general is very different from how people act in live action and yeah it's just so jarring because it's like anime anime dub energy but like coming from a real person. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, man. Like a real person in the yeah. flesh, like a real actor in the flesh. It just doesn't, 
it's it's weird. Yeah, it's craning, craning their neck and jerking all around, and you know, making all these frenetic. It's just like it's too haptic. It's too haptic. Yeah. It's too literal. It's too. It's too everything. You're too loud. You're making too much noise. It's 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 too much. Yeah. Um, I still recommend people watch though. I don't know, man. I I just. I like that shit. Like I, they're 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 moments. It feels like it's a show that definitely it's rough. Like I could I could sit here and tell you a lot more shit I didn't like about it. And yet it's the kind of thing that like <clears throat> if again, if I compare this to Netflix Death Note, like I'll tell you what, I finished Netflix Death Note and I kind of I wrote about it and then I immediately forgot I had ever seen it. You know what I mean? And I, that's not that was not my experience with Bebop. My my experience with Bebop was definitely like I have some notes, but it felt more like okay, at least this time I feel like a Western live action adaptation crew came with something that I could work with. You know what I mean? It's like I at least watch something where I'm like, okay, some of this stuff I I don't like, but some of this stuff I can take away from it and be like, okay, somebody else now can go do another project and do more do more of that do more of some of the stuff that this show does, right? And I, that's, to me, the thing where I'm like, I do think the show is redeemable and that it's enjoyable and that if you have a particular kind of taste, you might get something out of it. Um, because it definitely, it has gems that other kinds of Western live-action adaptations don't have. I do, though, I was listening to um, Anime World Order this weekend, and, like, Daryl Surratt, put it away that like he located something that I think is totally right and feels really harsh. He was like, you know, Watanabe talks all the time about his influences in making Cowboy Bebop. And he talks about stuff like Blade Runner. And then you watch live action Bebop and it feels like the only thing the people who watch this have ever watched is Cowboy Bebop, right? He's like, their only idea is like Cowboy Bebop. And I think that's, that's true. And that's kind of a thing you and I have talked about before of like, that's where you get too lost in the sauce. You get too shook by the idea of adapting something and being faithful to it and not pissing off the fans that you narrow your imagination to just the source material. And I do think that that's, it's like the weird blend of like, vicious is not faithful, right? And that's the most jarring thing. But I think other mistakes the show makes are a result of them, I think, being a little too narrow and a bit too myopic in terms of like what they thought they maybe could get away with with the characterizations or I, I don't know. But I think there's gems. Yeah. I think there's good shit in the show is, I guess, what I would say. Yeah, you know, sigh, sigh, sigh. <laughs> So you can watch, you can watch, you can watch, you can watch, you know, this, this, this adaptation on Netflix, you know, see for yourself, yeah. write us about yeah, it. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. Uh, let's talk about Young Dolph, though, before we go, just because, like, it's been a second, too, since I read up on what, it, what exactly happened. So uh, was it shooting in Memphis? Yeah, the shooting was in Memphis, and Dolph was going to get cookies, yeah. and uh, was 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 shot outside of uh, the cookie shop. Yeah, oh, that's why. I mean, uh, um, 
Yeah, I kind of don't even. Man, the earliest episodes of this like relaunch podcast. Do you remember we were talking about like pop smoke and stuff, and we were just talking about how like, yeah, rap rap music. I don't know, man. It's it just so many people we listen very... to and talk about on this podcast. You know what I mean? Like are are dead, and it's like really distressing to think about. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, it's people who follow yeah. hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean. And I like, I think I was talking. Maybe it wasn't, maybe I wasn't talking to you. Maybe I wasn't texting you about this, but it's, it feels also like there's this, it's like uniquely, it's like uniquely sad because like Dolph like represented like a certain level of like, Oh, like in addition to in addition to the actual like real life families he helped feed in and around like his hometown, like it's also like the rep, like the invincibility represented for like you know anybody that sort of listened to him and like I mean like there is like it's sort of I, I'm thinking about like I was thinking about the. 2017 out the bulletproof album um after after his suv got sprayed up when he was in charlotte um and the track listing reads like you know 100 shots in charlotte but i'm bulletproof so fuck (laughs) them that's how i feel all of them yeah like it was it's it's there's also like the time that like he like he he got shot at like in uh, Los Angeles and and then filmed the music video of him getting out of the hospital bed and into a Rolls Royce truck. Um, <laughs> there was like the, all the TMZ reports were going over the weekend and everybody was just kind of like, you know, I just, all I want this weekend is for Dolph to make it. Like, yeah. you know, I just, you know, prayers up, so, so on and so forth. And then like, and I remember... <laughs> Like that he like he tweeted it's Dolph in all caps like after the it's just yeah. you know man he was so special man yeah I know man rap music breaks my heart that's that's all I gotta say um yeah I mean listeners email us about Dolph email us about Cowboy Bebop Sound Only Pod at gmail dot com Mikey you got anything else. Nah, man. Um, you know, shout out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. Yeah. All right. And we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>